for great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. The TNT Shop is now open at TNTradio.live. In a secret lab somewhere in the Western Hemisphere, the perfect human specimen has been born. He has the strength of 10 men and the wisdom of 20. Rick Munn. Now you listen here. He's a very naughty boy. TNT Radio. Now go away. Okay, it is Wednesday, hump day as some people call it, the 7th of February 2024. This is TNT Today's News Talk. I am Rick Munn and this is Locked and Loaded. Ah, yes, and we've got plenty to cover. Before the top of the hour, I'm going to be talking to Gemma Cooper, uh, Philip Wire, citizen journalist extraordinaire, will be joining me at 20 past, talking about what's going on in Ireland, especially uh, coverage of the recent anti-people trafficking protests in Dublin and also the, uh, the bank hall holiday protest uh, that was held in Dublin's Garden of Remembrance uh, this week turned a little bit nasty. The guards got a little bit nasty with some protesters. They just had to stoke things up. Uh, we're going to get his views and opinions on that. And then at 22, Mark Malloy will be coming back on again to talk about uh, the work his group and Bunreact are doing, especially with regards to the Irish Constitution. They've been writing the MPs. We're going to look at the referendums that are coming up in Ireland or the referenda. I'm not quite sure what the actual proper pronunciation of that is. I'm not that uh, cleared up with the old English language, despite the fact that I never shut up. Uh, but it's coming up also in March. We're going to be looking at that with him and also the re-establishment of the government in Stormont uh, in uh, Belfast, just outside of Belfast. So plenty, plenty, plenty more to come before the top of the hour. I'm duty bound to let you lovely people know also, if you didn't already, uh, that we have an app that's available on the App Store, the Google Play Store. Download it and uh onto your listening device of choice. We also have a website. It's like a hub, if you want to call it that. And I was doing little Donald Trump-esque gestures with my hands there. You couldn't see them, but I don't know why, but I'm starting to do this. I'm starting to turn into Donald Trump here. Uh, yeah, we have a web. <laughs> but anyway, we've got a website, TNT Radio. TNT, it's a very good website. Yeah, it's very good. It's the best website. I, I made it myself. But anyway, uh, TNTradio.live, you can go on there. We have all our uh, shows. The schedules are on there. The What's On's on there. We have a cinema tab on there now as well. We're actually starting to show uh, good documentaries via the TNT website as well. So get yourself on there and check it out. So uh, interesting, uh, we talked last week about Rishi Sunak standing up in Parliament and uh, assuring everyone, uh, wanted to take the opportunity to assure everyone that, of course, the jobs, the old death jobs were safe. He dropped the word effective. Uh, he just wanted to reassure everybody that they were safe. This is coming off the back of a headline that came out with the, from the Daily Mail this week to say that a man called Daniel uh, was forced to have COVID jab to keep his job. Then he fell gravely ill. Now he has secured a huge legal victory, but the damage is already done. So maybe it would be a good idea to have Daniel standing beside Rishi Sunak the next time he's in Parliament, assuring people that it's safe while Daniel has been irreversibly injured. And we know, of course, there's thousands of people, nay, tens of thousands of people that have been injured, maybe hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people that have been injured and killed as a result of these jabs. So try telling them that it's safe and try telling them that it's effective. It's certainly effective. Let's give it its dues. It's effective, but it's not effective at the things that they tell you it's effective for. So anyway, uh, that was making the headlines here today or somebody had made a post about that. Uh, other people are talking about, well, 
Uh, I'm going to talk about this. Actually, Gemma's got a story here about the uh, EV, the, the cracks appearing in the EV dam and, you know, the plasters falling off the EV walls. We're going to look at that as well. She's got a story and I've got some supplementary ones. So we'll dig into that when we come back in just a minute here on TNT, today's news talk. Connecting the dots, painting the bigger picture. They always have great conversation. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Talking a lot uh, today, Gem, about victories, about bubbles bursting, about uh, the reality of certain policies actually shining through. They don't translate into the real world, but we're looking at ULES charges, very unpopular. We were looking at the farmers' protest. They're making headway there too. The EV push, the push to get us out of uh, internal combustion engine cars, diesel and petrol, and into EVs. Boy, they thrashed that one good and proper over the last few years. But the wheels are a little bit wobbly on the Teslas at the minute, are they not? Uh, the, the bubbles are starting to burst with uh, EV ownership. Well, I mean, uh, talk about desperation. When I, when I saw this uh, this latest kind of push to to to, to um, shift the blame for why EV sales are plummeting here in the UK, and the latest thing is that uh, in the House of Lords, which is the one up from the House of Commons here in the UK, and it passed its laws, you know, bills are passed in the House of Commons, they then go to the House of Lords for ratification. It's where the final stay of power lies. Um, they have um, an environmental and climate change committee, and they've just been presented with a report about uh, electric vehicles and why, aren't, why, oh, why, oh, why aren't people buying them? Why, oh, why aren't people buying them? So they have, um, they have been told in this report, and they have kind of, kind of sided with the findings of this report that they think really here in the UK the reason people aren't buying them, and this has been cited as evidence in a report to the House of Lords here in the UK, in London, in England, that the reason is Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean, the actor Rowan Atkinson, famous around the world for playing Mr. Bean, you know, in the spoof kind of mm -hmm. James Bond parodies. Mr. Bean is the reason people aren't buying electric vehicles here in the UK. Now, Rowan Atkinson, in his in his civilian kind of life, he's a very big car fan. It's well known. You know, he's made his money through acting and he's bought a lot of cars and he's often seen on racing circuits. He loves cars. Last year, he penned an opinion piece and it was just an opinion. Nothing more, just an opinion that he had fair comment in under the law of the press in the in the UK. Fair comment. If you're an expert in your field, you can comment. Um, he commented and he wrote an opinion piece in a mainstream newspaper. And he said that the, the bubble had burst for the electric cars. The honeymoon was over. He was initially a fan, but having driven them, he finds them soulless. And also he was very critical of the batteries because obviously they don't last that long. They can't be replaced and they're not environmentally friendly. Now, at the time, he came under a bit of flack for that from the EV lobby and from EV mm -hmm. manufacturers. So you don't know what you're talking about. And allegedly, he was debunked by fact-checked, which means he was probably right. But he's been used as the reason, and I would say scapegoat, in the House of Lords. This is why people aren't buying them, my lord. This is why people do it. It's because of Mr. Bean. It's because of Mr. Bean. Now, the Environmental and Climate Change Committee within the House of Lords does admit that there's been a lot of mixed messaging around EVs over the last few months um, the expense is putting people off. They admit that the charging methods, which you and I have talked about at length on this show, um, that's also an issue. And there's mixed messaging and lack of clear messaging coming out of central government and that it's leaving a void, they claim, for 
misinformation when it comes to EVs. And they're almost citing, you know, this article by Mr. Bean, Rowan Atkinson, as misinformation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they're, they're desperately scrabbling. They're trying to find any excuse they possibly can uh, because sales are plummeting and people aren't taking up their brand new offer. Rishi Sunak's already realized it's a vote winner uh, for this year to delay the ban on new cars being um, electric till 2035. He's pushed it forward and pushed it back. It was going to be 2030. He's realized that doesn't fly with the vote electorate so he's pushed it back to 2035 um so yes that's where we are with this uh, they were presented evidence by the green alliance um the green alliance said that this was the most damaging thing that could have happened to the electric car lobby mr bean i mean you know <laughs> it's almost comedy isn't it but i think the the underlying message is of course you're right the bubble has burst people see mm-hmm. through it they don't want them and i think they're going to have a lot of work to do to convince them you, you know go on buy one of these it's a really good idea yeah. uh-uh, people aren't having it uh, I uh, was very fortunate last week to speak to a guest, Jeff Thompson, uh, who runs a really, really, really big uh, YouTube car channel called Jeff Buys Cars. Uh, and he uh, is an avowed petrol head. He loves his diesel cars. He loves his petrol cars. But what he did was, uh, for the you know, for the interest of balance and not to be prejudiced and said, I have nothing against electric vehicles. I just have a problem with being told that I must transition to electric vehicles by a certain date if that's not something that I want to do. And I think we would be in agreement with that Gemma if people want to ban an electric vehicle let them crack on with it the problem is whenever you're told that you need one and I'm told I have to get rid of my car and buy one by a certain date or I'm going to be charged if my vehicle isn't emission friendly to drive through London for example that's when it becomes problematic so he went and took out a, a, an extended test drive on a Tesla and he made a brilliant video. It's on his YouTube channel, Jeff Buys Cars. It's about 50 minutes long. I did watch the whole thing uh, because I'm interested in what he had to say, being a petrol head, but giving it a go. And the experience was not particularly good. He said, yeah, there's some nice technological uh touches to the car and yes you know it can go super fast when you put it into insane mode he said but the novelty wears off pretty quick uh, when you start getting range anxiety charging anxiety uh, rage uh, charge rage whenever people are queuing up to try and get these things charged insurance premiums are going through the roof uh, taxes starting to go up on them, the cost of maintenance with the tires, etc., is mental. So that translates into uh, another headline to supplement yours. Uh, this is published in the Telegraph yesterday. Uh, electric cars reportedly saw their market share plunge back quarter in Britain uh, just last month. So in a month, they dropped back quarter as consumers balked at high prices and soaring insurance costs. Listen, you might want an EV, you might even love an EV, but if you can't afford an EV or afford to run one, you're going to get one. Even the purists can't get them because they're too bloody expensive. I'm I'm sure the House of Lords in their next report to their Environmental and Climate Change Committee will will be told it's it's Jeff buys cars. He's single-handedly responsible with his video in in the EV market plummet. Can't be anything else can't be anything else can it you know it's just it's just it's the straw clutching it just just face the truth we'd have more respect for you if you face the truth but to blame a, an actor you know who plays this hapless character um mm. you know single-handedly bringing down the whole electric car vehicle market is just ridiculous and it's but it's they've taken the time and trouble to put that in the report i don't know how they can quantify it but you know because ron atkinson wrote his piece quite a while ago a few months ago now it was last year, but it, it's getting on for, for, it might be the year before, actually, now. We're in 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how did they monitor 
the sales of electric vehicles right after his article came out. It's so spurious and it's so kind of headline grabbing. There's no real basis to it whatsoever, but they still thought it was a credible piece of evidence to put to the House of Lords. So I would say to Jeff Buys Cars, watch out, mate, you'll be next. You know, you'll be hauled up in front of the Environmental and Climate Change Committee mm. answering to the lords of the land, you know, because of your vi- your your video. It's, mm. it, that's how stupid it is. What it mm-hmm. means is people are seeing through the agenda, doesn't it? That's what it means. Yeah, and there's the, they need a scapegoat. They need a scapegoat for everything. When something goes wrong, it's everybody's fault except the government's, of course. So somebody has to be blamed for this. And of course, the higher the profile, the better. So why not uh, pin the blame on this or partially on Mr. Bean? But here's the reality. Take him aside. Take us out of the equation. Listen, you know, when you get hit in your pocket, you don't need anybody talking to you, right? You don't need anybody to explain anything to you. The bottom line is always your pocket or your purse or your handbag or your wallet, wherever it is you keep your money in. When that starts to run dry or when the cost of running something or living somewhere gets so high, you don't need anybody to preach a sermon to you. You don't need anybody to evangelize to you that you know EVs are just a bridging to you owning no car at all. You will start to see that for yourself. And I think very importantly, Gemma, it's pressure and uh, coming from people like us on one end, but the harsh reality of even the most diehard EV fanatics, fanboys and fangirls, they're being wrecked in their pockets and the depreciation in those things is crazy and they're starting to maybe scratch their heads going, maybe this wasn't such a good idea after all, hence the plummeting uh, sales because it always gets reflected in the sales. Uh, If they're down, people's attitudes are changing. And somebody has made the very uh, good comment from the House of Commons, actually. A a Commons Committee member has said to the House of Lords, this is rank hypocrisy. How many of you in the House of Lords on this committee have EVs? You know, and they're in the House of Lords. I would wager they drive Bentleys, Jaguars, you know, all the things you expect members of the House of Lords who are part of the elite of our society. I very much doubt any of them have got EVs. That's the story that we should be looking at, isn't it? How many of them that are telling us to do this have got one? I mean, I mean, even if they do have one squirreled away in a garage somewhere, I bet they're not driving it. I bet they're driving no. their Bentleys, their Jags, you know, the BMWs. Of course they are. Of course they are. And, and Atkinson as well describes him just as we're up this one up as being soulless. And it doesn't matter how efficient something is. It doesn't matter how technically advanced advanced something is. It's nice to have something with a little bit of character and a little bit of soul to it. So I'd rather have an old knackered car with a little bit of personality that growls at me whenever I put the foot down rather than some super slick, you know, EV that hums along the road and uh, there's a heads up display the size of a plasma screen TV telling me what the wind temperature is outside. I don't want to know about that, Gemma. I just want to roll my window down, listen to a little bit of Tom Petty on full blast, a little bit of running down a dream. I don't want to hear about Teslas. I don't want to hear wearing electric motors. That's just me. I'm old school. Uh, me and you should go on a road trip, mate. I, I've got oh, yeah. I got a picture in my head. Tom Petty blasting, windows down, mm-hmm. the car mm-hmm. grumbling. Yeah, road trip. Awesome. Let's go, baby. Telling you, <laughs> telling you, I'm telling you. Or, you know, but that's the thing. The soul, uh, it's that imperceptible thing that cars do. They have character. They do have personality. When you start to remove that as well, it makes them less attractive. Efficiency does not beat soul any day of the week. So interesting uh, discussion here, of course, this morning on the EVs. And this is something I think the wheels are going to continue to come off. This is, And I'm not gloating. I'm actually not. Because if you've bought one and you've been screwed over financially, I'm not taking any pleasure in that. I'm taking pleasure in the fact that people are realizing that this is not the way forward and this is 
not something we should be forced into doing. If you want to do it, make your choice, but it should not be something we're railroaded into. So we've got to take a little break now, uh, Gem, and uh, welcome the next guest on. Massive thanks to you as always for your input this morning, and you'll be on with James. In the next star, that's Gemma Cooper. I'm Rick Munn and Philip Dwyer. Hopefully will be joining me from Ireland uh, after this short break here on TNT, today's news talk. TNT's Darren Denslow. Yeah, I'm talking about the illness. Actually, that has done, has been doing the rounds. Not have we only seen a, uh, a mass influx of people waving their COVID tests online. Look, I got a red line. It's like, oh my God, people are testing. Or people, you know, trying to encourage others to wear their masks. Um, but there has been a talk of a dry cough. There have been doctors coming out saying we've seen loads of cases of that. Uh, have you been suffering from, you know, a bit of cough and flu or cold or COVID? Well, Darren, I, COVID. I, I just, I just did my eighth test, oh, and okay. um, I, I'm just going to keep doing it until I get lines and lines. Why? Well, because work's coming back up, isn't it? Digging deeper with D.D. Denslow on today's News Talk TNT. Military families often sacrifice precious time away from loved ones while serving our country. And for those with children, the separation can be especially difficult. We were worried that with him leaving, that she would lose those connections with her dad. Some of life's best moments happen between parents, children, and the pages of a good book. United Through Reading provides that connection. You can watch your mom or dad read a book to you, and it almost feels like they're really there. We ensure they remain a consistent, meaningful part of their children's lives, no matter the distance. Just seeing Jacob recognize Daddy again after a long time just melted my heart. And now, as we're facing greater isolation from our loved ones, United Through Reading is also available to veterans. Learn more about United Through Reading and download our free secure app at unitedthroughreading.org. Our next steps to space. This time we go back to the moon to learn to live, to work, to invent, to create. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, the spotlight is very firmly on Ireland this morning. Uh, at least it is here on Locked and Loaded here on TNT. I'm joined now for the first time by Philip Dwyer. Philip is a citizen journalist and he's an Irishman. And if you follow him on the X platform at Philip Dwyer, D-W-Y-E-R underscore M-O-Y, he also has the, uh, the statement, Ireland first. Uh, Philip, Ireland seems not to be first in the the, polit the politicians' eyes that are running the country, are running it into the ground at the minute. Uh, Ireland first is something that needs to be put into people's heads because it's slowly being knocked out of them uh, by the globalists that are currently in charge of Ireland. What do you reckon? Yeah, 100%. Um, you're an understatement to say that we're um, being left aside. We're just being uh, thrown in the trash can as far as I'm concerned. As I, I've been witnessing over the last couple of years and I think you've kind of hit the nail on the head it's not uh it's not allowed anymore to say you want to put Irish people first um the political correctness has gone off the scales in my opinion in Ireland um uh 
it's just prevented it's intimidating people it's constantly we're bombarded with this um we're racist we're we're, we're not a welcome we need to do more for other nationalities in other countries and meanwhile we've got you know tens well 14,000 Irish homeless people 4,000 children so they definitely I mean the propaganda machine with the media the mainstream media in Ireland as well you know we we, we don't really have any other media to push back on this mainstream media to push back on this we just have alternative media platforms like myself and others in Ireland so yeah I mean and it, it it's really fascinating how it, it scares people the grown men I know that are terrified of this political correctness they're so afraid to offend and say possibly the wrong thing about the newcomers that have come into the country and at this stage now everybody can see it that um you just open your eyes walk the streets of Dublin outside where I live here now 80 percent of the population are non-Irish parts of Dublin now have been just overtaken by immigration mass immigration engineered immigration as far as I'm concerned and here's the thing too it's not so much that uh, there's a problem with people coming to Ireland to work there's no problem with that at all uh, the, the last town that I lived in my next door neighbours were from Swaziland but there were a husband and a wife they were both working full time and their kids uh, they put them through uh, you know school and then they paid for them to go to uh, university so they were contributing to society they were paying their rent uh, they were paying their taxes and they were they were damn good neighbours I'll say that to you but that's not the problem the problem isn't people like that coming into Ireland uh, the problem is people being literally bust into uh, East Wall in Dublin, bust into Drogheda, bust into Mayo, bust into Galway, bust into just about every county in Ireland. We're starting to see it up here in the north as well. There's little pockets forming of places that are uh, so-called migrant processing centres. These people that are coming in are not contributing to society. They're not paying anything. They're take, take, taking for years at a time in some cases, and then they're committing crimes as well under full knowledge of the guards and they're still being allowed to stay in the country anyway that's the people that we have a problem with let's be honest about it if someone comes into your area and they're nice people and there's room for them and they're contributing to society and they're they're decent folk there's no problem with that but that's not the people that we're talking about is it well no i mean look i mean this myth has been thrown around as well that um we're, we're blaming people on our side of the equation are blaming migrants for the problem it's not migrants it's migration has been weaponized as far as i'm concerned mm -hmm. in this country and i know you know the, the majority of the migrants who want to come here want to work and earn a living but at the same time i've always been an advocate about this it's not about that it's about the, the demographics here it's about the irish nation being destroyed um as and as a race of people as well that it's it's not um it's it, i tell people to follow the money follow the money with all of this who benefits and um, they're making economic units out of people and in the meantime our whole uh, our population has been the Irish race let's call it is being diluted and that's gone on for the last 20 odd years where we've gone from a population of three percent non um that aren't born in Ireland to now we're up to about 23 percent and that's just in 20 years so so that um that is um, an, another major factor in Ireland is that, um, you know, it, it's it's replacement migration um, that's been carried out against the Irish people right now. But then again, as you said, the point is now what they're bringing in, it's like they're trying to just bring anybody with a pulse now. And now we're, we're been um, invaded by mainly military age men. We see busloads of them being carted into, into hotels, warehouses, office blocks, you name it. Most of these places haven't even got fire certs. They're just desperate 
desperate to bring these people in. Now, there's lots of speculation about why these men are coming in. Where are their families? Where are their children? They're not fleeing war. They're wearing designer clothes, designer watches, designer haircuts, the whole lot. They, these people, are, they're not emaciated, wartime. Their clothes are perfect. And they're just rocking in here and they're getting everything for free. They're getting their accommodation. They're getting medical cards. Um, you'll see them after a while. These centers, they have uh, all these cars outside. Eventually, they're being they're able to buy cars. So they're getting jobs as well. So we have, say, if a friend of mine is across the way paying a mortgage on a very basic industrial wage all his life, he's an Irish man. He walks down the road to a DP center and these guys are all buying their cars and they all have free accommodation, free meals um, on the back of his is taxes you know and um people in ireland now have woken up to it now i think and um, they're sick and tired of it they're being less afraid now of the political correctness it is still is a major factor they're less afraid to call it out now and there's a palpable anger and um, underbelly of anger in ireland now and um like we've seen in the dublin riots on, on november the 23rd um a lot of young men disenfranchised and um, have no prospects don't feel they have any any way of having their own home or starting their own family the way the system is rigged against them, you know? Yeah, it's it's crazy. And not only that, but uh, the, the Irish people are being gaslit as well by the politicians. So I've seen a couple of uh, propaganda ads put out this week by Fine Gael. We had Helen McEntee coming on there and uh, making a little video clip, a little soundbite clip, uh, talking complete bunkum about uh, em how much immigrants were contributing to Irish economy. She was completely leaving out the billions that are being spent funding men to be bussed in and uh, kept in uh, good accommodation in hotels and guest houses and B&B, wrecking the Irish tourist industry completely in a lot of towns like uh, Kilkenny, uh, Killarney, uh, you know, Ross Cray, places like that are being ruined by immigration. She doesn't mention that in her little sound bites. And I think it's important that, in my opinion, Philip, anyway, I said at the end of last year, we had a little uh, roundup of who was the, the worst villain uh, that we'd encountered last week. I do believe that Helen McEntee, for example, uh, the so-called Justice Minister for Ireland, I think she's one of the biggest enemies in Ireland at the minute, never mind the men that are coming in and being put up in hotels. McEntee is more dangerous to the people of Ireland than any immigrant that is coming in from uh, overseas. And uh, yeah, I have a real bee in my bonnet about Helen McEntee, as you can probably uh, gather. But anyway, we've got we've to we've take a brief uh, pause here just for 30 seconds for some news headlines. And then when we come back, I want to look at some of the protests or uh, demonstrations that you've been covering over the last week uh, during your uh, citizen journalist uh, movements around Dublin. So please stay tuned for more here with uh, Philip Dwyer and myself on TNT Today's News Talk. Attention! Special bulletin, special bulletin. TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with a quick look at your TNT headlines. As tensions rise over border security in America, President Joe Biden's tried convincing Americans Donald Trump is the reason the country is being invaded. Britain has announced it's withdrawing one of its warships from the Red Sea following repeated missile and drone attacks by Houthi forces. And Saudi Arabia has announced it will not establish diplomatic relations with Israel unless a Palestinian state is established on the basis of 1967's borders. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 24-7, 365, we never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth. From government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. 
Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's News Talk, this is TNT Radio. Okay, so um, in conversation this morning, live on Centred with Philip Dwyer, citizen journalist extraordinaire from Ireland, uh, describes himself as an Irishman and firmly believes in Ireland first, and I second that one too. Philip, you've been out and about an awful lot. I've seen your videos uh, on the X or the Twitter platform uh, for a while now. I've seen you in, going into various um, camps or uh, migrant processing centres, getting flack from the security. I think you got a bashed up by the guards at a protest. Was it last year? You got your legs wrecked as well, didn't they beat you? around the shins with a truncheon or and the Dublin riots yeah 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 so you survived that uh just about I actually thought that broke your leg you put a little video up and your leg was up uh, like a watermelon and I thought the busted fractured his legs but I think you you come out of it all right you must be made of strong stuff <laughs> well I used to play the hurling if anyone ever watched that so we used to get knocked about a bit but as oh. I said it was a, it was a, it, <laughs> it was a particularly vicious um, attack yeah the guy the, the inspector in charge knew who I was um, mm -hmm. and he took an opportunity I kind of got caught up I was filming the people doing the damage now me, myself or my colleague who was helping me that day weren't doing any damage we were there to observe and, and do a video and, and archive this and let the people see exactly what was going on we were doing it live I had a microphone and a camera in, in one hand and, and the other hand or whatever and um he blatantly went after me to, to pummel me with his with his bat and so i thought he had broken my foot actually he hit the bridge of my foot with the thing and that was the one that but it turned out it wasn't broken it was okay but i've got about six weeks of treatment but that's another another day it's part of the job nowadays it's very unfortunately the way i, I see it and and um, there was arrests in dublin um on monday um by people who were they kind of splintered away they wanted to go to um protest up in Mountjoy jail where a, a young teacher Enoch Burke has been jailed because he won't mm -hmm. acknowledge the delusion of one of his one of his students who thinks they want to, or want to be addressed as a girl um, and they are a boy and um it's it culminated into this man being um incarcerated in, in for the last 120 odd days now and he's been incarcerated before that as well because he refuses to play along with the system and the narrative and he won't acknowledge that but as i said um the police acted disgracefully last monday we had a wonderful protest where um I say three to 5,000 people showed up. I'm trying to be conservative. Other people have higher estimates on it, but it was a fantastic day where we got the, the best of Irish people out together to express their disgust at what way this tyrannical government are, are treating the people, treating this country. And um, we did it peacefully. There was disgraceful provoca provocation from the Gardaí. They tried to funnel us past a um, communist protest, we can just call it, um, this all refugees are welcome protest. And um, we were had options to go left and take a different route, but they channeled us through there. I think they were hoping for optics. They were hoping for violence. Um, we that uh, it was directed uh, very well by Maliki Steenson. He was the person who called the protest, and there were stewards there to make sure that people moved along. And um, we didn't engage in any um, any violence, and we, which was great to see. We went down and we had our speakers. Some of the speakers were amazing. A couple of um, stars were born. I think on that day there was a guy called Darren McGovern from Ireland First. He's running as a candidate. There was a guy called James Conway 
they were brilliant speakers. He's running for the Irish Freedom Party and um, other speakers all spoke from the heart. It was like it was like being back in Dublin back in the 90s when we when our population was Irish and three percent were foreign. And there was just that feeling like Italia 90 or, you know, America 94, the World Cup atmosphere. There was Irish flags everywhere. And, um, you know, definitely people now are sick and tired of it and they're not afraid now to come out. And I think we need to see more of that. I think we need to build on that as well. And um, I'm more than happy to be reporting on it. I'm, you know, reluctantly in this position because, you know, I fell into it as, as regards looking at media uh, reports. When you when you suddenly wake up to the lies and the deceit, you, you look at these uh, media reporters and you understand that this is all now being engineered. Somebody has to stand up and counteract this, you know, because if we didn't do it, we'd, not, we'd never have any truth. If there wasn't people out there mm-hmm. and we're getting many great citizen journalists at the Irish Enquirer, Stephen Kerr, Susie D, um, lots of people, uh, Grand Torino, have been reporting on this for a long time. There's great channels like Ninja Night. If people want to go on YouTube and find out what's going on in Ireland on a weekly basis or a fortnightly basis, these are people who are doing this now. Um, and only for that, people like that. Um, the truth wouldn't be out there with the Irish people. So many people in Ireland are depend now and have their loyalties with the mainstream medias, the RTEs, the Virgin Medias, and they can't seem to get their heads around the fact that they've been betrayed by these organisations. These people are just gaslighting them. They're lying to them. They're pushing a government and a globalist narrative on a daily basis. And then it's nearly... it's. Every five minutes or every hour, every ad you look at, you know, you see the mixed race couples. There's always a propaganda message in them. And um, it's an absolute joke in, in Ireland. We're really, we're really gone way, way far, uh, too far down the line now of this wokeness, this political correctness, cultural Marxism, I call it. Yeah, it definitely is. And, you know, TNT is a is a global uh, broadcasting station. I'm based uh, just outside of Belfast, but our headquarters are obviously over in uh, Australia. But I try and give as much time as I can to cover what's going on in Ireland to try and get uh, Irish guests on as frequently as I can. I get John Waters on here quite a lot. Christian Morris about Ashton yeah. O'Loughlin on. A lot of people up from the north. Mark Malloy, who's coming on uh, after you as well. Uh, he's very up in uh, Irish activism as well. So for whatever we can, uh, we're also trying to platform that here too on TNT. And also it's worth noting as well, Philip, uh, I had a guest on here last week, Jim Ferguson from Freedom Train International. He was down uh, speaking at the at the, at the uh, the demonstration as well. I think it was on Monday, uh, but he's uh, getting behind it too. And of course, uh, larger people, it's not, it's not just the Irish are getting behind Ireland first and Ireland uh, for the Irish. It's people internationally are getting behind this too because they can see what's happening. And because of the work that uh, people like yourself are doing from the coal face, giving these reports out that are then being spread on social media, it's attracting international attention as well when they can see the shenanigans and the skullduggery uh, that's currently going on in Ireland under the guise of Irish politics at the minute. These people are an absolute liability and I think they're just trying to run Ireland into the ground. Listen, I could talk to you all day. Hopefully uh, it hasn't been a traumatic experience for you and I'd be more than happy to have you on anytime uh, anything happens or you want to give us an update, you're always welcome here on uh, TNT as well. So that's Philip Dwyer. Thank you very much, sir. Big uh, TNT. Thanks for inviting me on, Ricky. Thank down you. Down in Dublin. It's an absolute pleasure. Uh, hopefully that won't be the last time we'll be talking to uh, Philip. He's a great guy doing great work. Got to take a little break right now. When we come back, Mark Malloy will be joining me, giving us an update on what he's been up to here exclusively live and uncensored on TNT, today's news talk.
De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Well, the latest in the Michael Mann versus Mark Stein trial is a little bit interesting, and I'm trying to figure out if this is right. Apparently, Dr. Mann's lawyers, there are four of them, and remember, Mark Stein is defending himself by himself. Apparently, they've asked for a nominal fee as far as damages go, and there is a rumor that what was asked for, now sit down, you ready for this? was $1. Now, Mark Stein has spent around $3.5 million, I've heard. I don't know, maybe it's more, maybe it's less. Defending himself from Michael Mann and Michael Mann's lawsuit over the fact that Mark Stein thinks that Michael Mann hid the data and he called him a fraud, right? Now, I could see, for instance, let's say uh, the number one climatologist in the world said that to you. That's one thing. But Mark Stein is a journalist. That's the first thing. Second thing is, he had to raise the money to defend himself. And we've gone over this. But $1? Why would Michael Mann only want $1? You know why? He just wants the decision. He just wants to be able to say, see, he actually did defame me. I won the court case. Well, I don't think Stein wants any part of that because of the fact that he wants to drill it home that what Michael Mann did, take two samples out of 22 and then hide, he did. He hit the data from people who would criticize it and actually tear it apart. Mark Stein wants that to come out. One's pursuing the truth, the other seems to be hiding it. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog, meteorologist Joe Bastardi, asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you got. Most people are unaware that bad bacteria can grow quickly in food that's stored, prepped, or cooked incorrectly, and that can lead to food poisoning. To avoid bad bacteria, always make sure your hands and cooking utensils are clean. Keep raw meat and chicken away from food that won't be cooked. Run your fridge at or below 5 degrees Celsius and use a meat thermometer to ensure your meat's being cooked to at least 75 degrees Celsius. For more tips on keeping bad bacteria at bay, visit foodsafety.asn.au. Rick Mon is locked and loaded on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, still got another 20 minutes to go. We still got another time to uh, focus in on what's happening in Ireland at the minute. I was really glad to be joined by Philip Dwyer. Uh, just uh, over the last 20 minutes, what a job he's doing uh, with citizen, journal- citizen journalism down in Dublin. And now uh, my old sparring partner, Mark Malloy, is back in the ring again. Uh, he's going to give us an update on what he's been up to. Mark, how you doing this morning? How's life? Oh, it's good, Rick. How you keeping? Uh, I'm not keeping too bad. Uh, we've got 20 minutes, and I want to try and squeeze as much into these 20 minutes as I can with you, Mark. You guys have been very active uh, in the group that you're a part of, uh, communicating with uh, Irish politicians, trying to raise awareness uh, about the actual constitution of Ireland. Can you give us a little uh, rundown of what you guys have been up to? Yes. Um, well, as you know, like I came across the original constitution, the the, the nineteen thirty seven uh, Irish constitution, the original one enacted, uh, adopted on the first of July nineteen thirty seven, and brought into operation on the twenty ninth of December nineteen thirty seven. It's mm-hmm. still the full force of law. So over the past few decades, but more recently, from the sixteenth of March, twenty twenty, we all know uh, Leo Varadkar was in uh, Washington D.C. and uh, initiated the Emergency Powers Act of 1939 and 1976, 
which in turn mm-hmm. suspends the constitution under 28.3.3 under emergency powers, which is an artificially mm-hmm. extended meaning of the time of war, and which was only written in the English language, and that is repugnant to Article 25.5 of the Irish Constitution. Mm-hmm. We've been blessed and we've found the National Written Constitution of Era on Rockner Hearn, 1937, and we, the people as a collective, have been educating ourselves over the past few years, three years, on the foundation of the state and the constitutional position of the entire island. And from this, we've been taking a decisive action, as you well know, which we believe is a workable and viable solution for protecting and preserving the fundamental law of this land, where we, the people, hold the power and have final say on national policy. This is especially important at this time, as our natural rights are under attack with the aim of eradicating them from the rule of law and Bonrock. Our natural rights are enshrined in Articles 40 to 44 of the Irish Constitution, and these are inalienable, imprescriptible and sovereign rights, antecedent and superior to all man-made laws, acts and statutes. The upcoming referendum on the 8th of March 2024, International Women's Day, has a clear focus mm-hmm. on these fundamental rights. So we've been studying Irish law, and uh, we've mm-hmm. got a very, um, what would you call it, the, the, the work, the standard of work of the Irish law. Uh, so mm-hmm. J.M. Kelly and the Fundamental Rights in Irish Law and the Constitution 1961 first edition dedicated it to his parents and was hailed the standard work on its subject and noted by the government as the leading constitutional law textbook. Kelly states in it question whether it is the destiny of the Irish constitution to be more than a piece of paper depends not only on the nobility of its content but the watchfulness of the Irish people. So the action we have taken, Rick, ourselves here, we have written uh, an affidavit in uh, notice jurisdiction, notice mm-hmm. cure and remedy, and it's been autographed by seven signatories in Plo Gaelic, Irish font, and our thumbprint. Um, mm-hmm. There's no black on the, the document at all. It's a uh, green writing, whatever signatures are in red. This has went to 522 recipients. Mm-hmm. Politicians and on this island has received it via the Bill of Laden and uh, registered post, all shipping uh, via and post. We sent it on the 15th of January. It is in form of 28-day rebuttal. We put the facts before them. So we have, and we have had three, three, three responses by email, and mm-hmm. one response until uh, three of us um, recently. Let's say by by a very high member of the Irish government. 
Can you so, tell us what the response was without naming them? If you can't name the person, that's fine. But what? Uh, obviously, there was. There's not a great response so far, considering the amount of these that you send out yeah. with a 28 day rebuttal. Well, but let's say you've got. Let's say you got four back. One of which was from a high ranking uh, Irish minister. Uh, what was the response from that person, whoever that person was? An acknowledgement of receipt of the document and duly noted. That was it. Um, the 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 personal the personal one that we we, we were speaking to, um, Davis on two different occasions, on the same day, um, said that they they received the document. It's a beautiful document, and it is sitting on their desk currently, as we speak. Uh-huh. So it is in the, it is in the form of rebuttal. So what we have done is we have we have set out. There's um, it's written in the first uh, language in true Gaelic, first of all. So uh-huh. the, and it's duty bound. They're duty bound by law to respond because we've written to them in the first language. Uh-huh. Um, no response is a good thing at this stage, as I would say, Rick, because uh-huh. it is a rebuttal. And we have put mm-hmm. facts before them. Well, and that- as it stands, nobody has rebutted it. And I'll give you a, an example. There's a group in the, the, the south of the country um, going by the name of the IRB. Mm-hmm. Letters upon letters upon letters to the Attorney General's office. General wrote back to them at one time saying um, the nineteen nineteen constitution to which you refer to was repealed by the nineteen twenty two constitution of the Irish Free State. This constitution was also in turn repealed by Article forty eight of the Irish Constitution. Um, and the Irish Constitution then was adopted on the 1st of July, as I said, 1937, and enacted on the 29th of December, 1937, and still remains the full force of law. Therefore, the 1919 Constitution to which you refer to has no legal effect. You know, we have a this, we have a, a comment, uh, Mark. We've got a comment in the live chat here, just on what you're talking about. Uh, this is coming from Jane Black, and she's somebody that actually uh, comes on to TNT and speaks to me as well. She's up in the glens of Antrim, and she says a big shout out to Mark Malloy. I've been looking into a uh, Bunracked 1937. I believe Mark is 100% correct on his findings. What he has discovered is unbelievable. The Constitution comes first, and before any law or legislation. In fact, they are all null and void in her opinion. So uh, a lot of people are starting to um, realize this, the, 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 the findings that you guys have been digging into, over, especially over the last three years. Uh, the penny's starting to drop with a lot of people. Mark, would the next step be, uh, 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 not, not a, a coalition, but uh, there's a lot of people working in pockets across Ireland at the minute because of various issues that are ruining Ireland for everybody that lives on this Ireland, basically. Uh, is it 
uh, could 2024 be a year where people start to consolidate a little bit, uh, where groups come together and they start to form one, not a mass movement with a leader. I, I don't mean that. But what I mean is there's an awful lot of great work being done by people like yourselves, other people like Philip Dwyer, who was on before you doing fantastic citizen journalism as well. I'm up here trying to do the TNT thing too. Could 2024 be a year of consolidation and resistance in Ireland? It could be. It could be. But the first things first, Rick, people mm -hmm. need to realise that it's the 1937 constitution which the government is trying to change at the minute. They're not trying to change the 1919. They're not trying to change any other constitution. They're trying to change Bon Rock and Ahern. Mm -hmm. And there's people running about the country saying that's not the crack constitution, that constitution not worth the paper written on. If it's not worth the paper it's written on, why are they spending 20 million on two referendums here to remove mm -hmm. the word mother and family mm -hmm. and replace it with care and durable relationship? Once you put in mm -hmm. durable relationship, you open up the floodgates to this country. You have, mm -hmm. say, Muhammad in uh, Afghanistan who comes over mm -hmm. here and he has, say, seven wives. Or mm -hmm. six, five wives, five wives, mm -hmm. one for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and the main wife for Saturday and Sunday. And every one of them have mm -hmm. ten wives. Well, they are all durable relationships, and he has a duty of care to them. That is what we're opening up the interpretation for this Constitution up for. Fundamental rights are natural law, and they are enshrined uh, in the Irish Constitution, Rick. And, and they and are in the mm -hmm. I was going to say, Mark, these these two referendums that are coming up, these two these referendums that are coming up in March as well. Why are they so hell bent on taking the word mother uh, away from uh, public? When uh, you know they don't seem so uh, interested in removing the word father. They want to take the word family and they want to take the word mother out. And of course, there's an awful lot of uh, money being spent by the government to try and push this one through. But there's an awful lot of people out there at grassroots level are not happy to see this, and they're asking the question: Well, why? Why now? Why are they wanting to remove these terms from uh, from uh, from the language? Well, the word father is not in the Constitution. Mothers are the primary uh, care uh, and fund fundamental givers of society. Therefore, mm -hmm. the state endeavors and guarantees to protect her life within the home. Because mm -hmm. without her in the home, the state cannot attain true social order. Mm -hmm. And without true social order, you will have an anarchist state, a lawless state, and it's going that way at the minute, as we can it see. Is. The, the influx is. of uh, illegal immigrants, uh, everything, migration, whatever you want to call it, the government is being paid big bucks, mm -hmm. big bucks, and we are second-class citizens in our own country. Mm -hmm. you, you know, it, 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 it's, it's serious. This legislation is serious. And people must get on to checktheregister.ie because the government, people have been going on who have been voting all their lives and they're finding out that they're not on the register. Checktheregister.ie or whatever it is, get on it. Make sure you're registered. 8th of March, they're looking to remove the word woman, mother, and family and put in carers. I'll give you an example of a carer. Social services. 
are cures. Mm-hmm. The police service mm-hmm. is cures. An ambulance service is cures. Cures are paid a wage. Mm-hmm. Cures are, 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 have obligations, right? But they're mm-hmm. not, they, they, they can't give that nurturing touch to a child. A cure cannot be, yes, they can be a mother, but can't be the other, if you know what I mean, Rick. I do, a, a I do. And a mother, a, mother, a, mother, a mother performs the role of a cur because that's her flesh and blood. That's somebody that she loves for and, and cares for deeply, not because she's getting paid to do it. Unlike, for example, if you work for the ambulance service, you might want to look after people, but if they weren't paying you a wage every week, you wouldn't be going out working 12-hour shifts, dealing with blood and guts uh, and picking people up off the pavements. You're doing it for a wage. That's the difference between somebody who's doing it as an employee and somebody who's doing it out of love. That's the difference, Mark, and that's what they want to try and remove. Yes, they want to to remove the family aspect. Mm -hmm. From 2020, we have been under attack. Your natural rights has been under attack. So your personal rights, the 5K rule and all that there, more masks that there. Then you have the family article 41. That's up now next, right? Then you have education. Well, you see what they're doing with the, the transgender ideology and teaching abortion and all within school. I send my child to, to learn A, B, C, one, two, three, not to learn how to kill their baby whenever they'd hit 16 or whatever, if they get pregnant mm-hmm. and all that. No way. Not a chance, mm-hmm. okay? I have a Catholic upbringing, and I send my child to a Catholic maintained school, and I expect mm-hmm. her to be taught in the, you know, the, the Catholic Church yes. is standing over backwards to bring in a UN agenda here, a United Nations agenda, which is 2030, and it's all about equality, inclusion, sustainability, and all that there. And we can see across mm-hmm. the world it is failing categorically in all fronts. Farmers are out on the streets, which is great to see. That, yes, are on in Dublin the other day, I'd say Custom House, was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The sites mm-hmm. across the world, the Irish are rising. They're starting to see mm-hmm. it, but they must realise that this is the Constitution, and regardless of their of political opinion, you're not voting for a politician here. You're voting for mothers, mm-hmm. and you're voting for to su- sustain, protect, and preserve the family institution in society, because without it, we're, we're, we're doomed. We're doomed. We are. And, and, and I, 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 can't, I can't spell it out any much more than that there. I am a single father of two children, mm-hmm. And I am running them on my own. I don't get a vote in this year, but I can tell you this year. In 2018, they voted for abortion down south. In 2020, it bounced over then to uh, Westminster, and they brought mm-hmm. it in up in the north here. And now we have the most liberal abortion legislation in a very Christian uh, province, both Protestant mm-hmm. and Catholic. And, and not one of us had a vote on it. Not one of us had a say on it. And we were just told to shut up. Now they're bringing in mm-hmm. the thought. The thought process of praying outside these places, it's a crime to pray now. In Christian Ireland, Mm -hmm. the Constitution Mm -hmm. says, and the front page, in the name of the Most Holy Trinity, from whom all authority and to whom our final end, all actions of both men and states will be referred. That's the contract Mm -hmm. to the state and men. We, the people Mm -hmm. of Iraq, humbly acknowledging all our obligations to our divine Lord Jesus Christ, who sustained our fathers through centuries of trial, an unremitting struggle to regain the rightful independence of our nation. True social order attained. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, Seeking to promote the common good through due observance, burdens, justice, and charity. So 
that so that the dignity and the freedom of the individual may be assured through social order attained, concord established with other nations to hereby adopt and act and give to ourselves this constitution. This constitution can be interpreted, and if we let it be interpreted into communitarianism, we, we will turn into a communist state. And within yeah. the preamble, that statement of protecting the dignity and the freedom of the individual takes out the communitarian uh, aspect that so, and the, the preamble is Article 1, the most important part of the document. It sets out, you heard it there, it sets out the way we envision our future. Uh, there's people, there's a lot of people listening in, Mark, at our live chat at the minute. We're coming up to time here. Uh, but Jane Black, uh, who was uh, uh, singing your praises earlier on, she's put a link in our live chat. So if you go on to tntradio.live, look up the live chat. There's a link through to uh, Mark's YouTube channel, uh, which is uh, the full name of it is, uh, you know, the HTTPS link is in our live chat. Go and check that out. Mark, other people there are saying uh, that they want you to be the next Prime Minister of Ireland. I wouldn't uh, disagree with that myself i would certainly you would get my vote uh, if that was ever to happen uh but listen you're an absolute star keep up uh the great work that you guys are doing uh you and i'll stay in touch as well uh probably get an update after this referendum actually happens in march uh but in the meantime big salute to you this morning mark malloy thank you as always for coming on and speaking so frankly and so passionately about the issues that are affecting us here on the island of ireland so uh thank you for listening in folks as well and of the, all the lovely comments in the live chat i'm rick mund this has been uh, locked and loaded tnt i'll be back again tomorrow morning at nine uh, with natalie for open line james freeman is coming in with the freeman report and whoever you are whatever you're wherever you are whatever you're doing and whatever you're doing i hope it's nice have a fantastic day enjoy it you never know you mightn't have tomorrow but anyway let's keep our fingers crossed rick mund over and out